Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Modern Day Wizards. I'm Callan, and today I'm joined by my good friend and life coach, Layla Sun. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Callan. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. You, you bet. So I just want to tell everyone, kind of give a gist, we're kind of going to be talking about empaths today, and that's kind of your speciality. And I want to give people some context. Basically, I've known you for many years now, and uh, I've had things happen and i've also uh, learned of things you know where i'm basically like there's no doubt in my mind zero doubt that what you do is something that science says isn't possible but it it's definitely happening so i'm basically i'm going to tell my story of our life coaching together um basically i was a uh, <clears throat> I was working in the video game industry and, you know, I had, I was in a relationship and I was having a lot of trouble, a lot of problems with, um, just not liking the way I was living. And a friend of mine who, who coached with you as well, uh, I think gave you my email address and I said, you could email me and you emailed me like two paragraphs and you'd never talked to me before, you know, nothing. And you basically nailed it. And I, you know, I ran and you said that we could have a 15 minute conversation for free. And, you know, I basically set it up for immediately and you just basically rocked me. I was just like, I can't believe how much you understand about my situation. And I've basically never talked to you before. And um, basically the entire time we coached, I think we ended up coaching for over a year and it was like a, maybe a monthly or every two weeks or something. And I just knew every time before every session that it would be so such a good session, so useful to me. And there was just no doubt in my mind. And it always, always was. And I've, I've had lots of life coaches and even some of the best in the world. And you are by far better than any of them. So and and I also want to tell people one more story. I recommended you to a friend of mine and he was like living out in a van down by the river in the middle of nowhere and talking to you on the phone and you said is there someone near you right now suddenly in the middle of a conversation that wishes you harm and he's like no he's just sitting in his van you know in the middle of nowhere and and you're like well you know i kind of got a feeling that there is and so he gets out of his van and looks around and there's this guy on the road a little ways away just sitting there staring at him staring at his campsite and this is a guy that he had some history with who didn't like him and so it's just like how the heck did you know that <laughs> so this is my question to you Layla how the heck did you know that <laughs> thank you Callum for sharing I'm, I'm sitting here smiling and laughing and it's bringing back a lot of really sweet memories um and you and oftentimes I don't remember everything I say but I, I do remember those stories that you just shared right now and you're asking me how it is that I know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, how does how does how are people empathic, right? I mean, there's the which maybe we should talk about what all of it means, but it's just like the most interesting question to me is how, like, how does that happen? And someone who has had life experience and had been able to do that for, I assume, most of your life or all of your life, mm -hmm. like, how do you make sense of what what's going on? Well, you know, once I discovered what being an empath was and that whole term, it all started to make sense for me. And part of being an empath, from my perspective, is being born with psychic abilities. And one of my abilities is clairvoyance and 
or claircognizance and clairsentience, which is just this inner knowing and this inner feeling about things. And when I get into a space, when I'm working with clients, this information just simply downloads and, and comes through very, very clearly. I can't mm-hmm. explain it to you scientifically, but it is part of being an empath. That is certainly happening. I mean, even if we can't explain it, you know, it's there's no doubt that it's something that's happening. Well, I'm, you know, I'm constantly throughout my day picking up information on people, places, and things. And mm-hmm. so to become an empowered empath, I have to learn how to kind of um, not necessarily tune it out, but become aware of it and, and not let it impact me on a daily basis. That's one of the tricky things that empaths mm-hmm. learn how to do. Yeah, so there's a certain number of people who are kind of born with these various empathic abilities. And, you know, you can think of it as sort of a strength of a kind, but living in the world that we live in, it can also be a giant uh, detriment. Yeah, one of the statistics that I read about empaths that really struck me was that uh, the population only makes up approximately 20% of empaths. So that means if you're an empath and you're highly sensitive to the energy thoughts and feelings of people, places, and things around you, you're surrounded 80% of the time with people who do not, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those people, do you think, is there, is that, huh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to phrase the question. Basically, do those people, is it a binary thing? Is it on or off? Like they're born, either born with it or they're not? Or do certain people just have, everyone has the ability to some degree, but some people are born with that ability way turned up? I think people are born with the ability way turned up, and that would be empaths. I believe all empaths are, are, are highly sensitive and are born with, multiple um, intuitive gifts. I don't care for the word psychic, although it fits, but they're born with multiple clear abilities as well as mediumship, telepathy, etc. from a very, very young age. And so if they're not mentored, which they usually are not, they're usually born into a very dysfunctional family. Uh, those gifts are put aside. Um, addictions tends to come into play and they use drugs and alcohol to, to shut down the information or they get labeled as depressed or manic or ADHD. And these are all all kind of cover terms in my mind for people who are highly sensitive with abilities that they're unaware of who are who are masking them or or other people have masked them for them. Am I making sense? Yeah, you're making sense. Okay. So I'm I'm curious you mentioned that 80% of the people generally do not have these abilities. So, of course, that's going to affect how much they believe you when you say that you can sense these things. And that can be a little bit, bit of an annoyance, like this doubt in, in what you're saying, which you know is coming from a place of truth. But then there's, like, another aspect of, like, some of these people, and I would guess it's not the entire 80%, but some of these people are not only just bad energy but actually are vampiric you know what i mean absolutely so empaths tend to attract their opposites which would be you know narcissists uh, sociopaths psychopaths etc and these these types definitely do tend to make up a large percentage of the 80 percent. i would say my experience and my clients experiences Mm -hmm. so what is what is someone who 
has fallen into, I mean, because in my experience too, you know, I feel like I am an empath. I would not say that you and I have the same situation empathically, uh, but there's no doubt in my mind that there's some sense that I have, which other people do not have, and it relates to other people, you know, how well I can kind of understand where they're coming from. And so I think what might be helpful is, you know, you can break down the different types of empaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, most empaths are several of these in a combination of these. But, you know, there's the intuitive empath who is highly visionary and intuitive. There's the emotional that feels the emotions of other people. There's the physical uh, empaths who feel the physical pain of others. There's the collective empath that feels the emotions of the planetary subconscious and what it's going through. And then, of course, there's the animal empaths who really re- relate to and can completely communicate with the animals and the plant empaths who can relate and speak with the plants. And And I'm sure there's more, but those are kind of the primary ones. I'm personally all of those. Most of the people I work with, um, well, there's a small percentage that are all of those. The rest of them are definitely a, a combination of those. And if they're not all of them, they could probably very easily cultivate those aspects if they chose to. Mm-hmm. So cool, just curious, which, which one of those that I mentioned do you feel like you can relate to? Uh, it's hard for me to, I don't know. It's hard for me to put things into categories, which other people have kind mm-hmm. of listed for me. I mean, just, just my sense, it's just easy for me to just describe it as I just feel like, if I'm listening to someone talk, mm-hmm. I understand their emotions at the, at the moment that they're saying it. And, you know, it's almost like I can tell if they're lying, you know, because I can tell if they're not, they don't believe what they're saying or if they're coming from an authentic place. And so, and it also seems like it comes, there's information, you know, there's like things that I can almost deduce from all this extra information I'm getting that seems like, to the person, when I say it back to them, they're like, there's no way that you could know that. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, it just, it was the only thing that followed from all of the information you were giving me. So, so I mean, part could, of it, part yeah. of it's intellectual. Right. Right. Yep. So you used a keyword initially, you said you feel, and so that's clairsentience and a clairsentient mm-hmm. is someone who just feels mm-hmm. other people's what's going on for other people. And I once had a mentor, Dr. Tirona Lodog. I did her, her uh, herbalist program in Albuquerque back in the day. And she complimented me for my intuition one day and took me aside and said, you know, your own intuition is only as good as your knowledge base. Mm. And so while you're saying it's an intellectual process, it's really a combination ideally of both hemispheres. So the more, you know, intellectually and the more you understand things, the more mm. when you scan the feelings that you have to pull from to understand the signature frequency that you're reaching for. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Would you say that you are clairsentient then? You're Basically, yeah, I would say yes. That, okay. that makes sense to me. And then I want to—I kind of want to touch on the, the next one that goes with that is claircognizant. And, and I describe that as knowing. And that's that knowing when you get it right in your solar plexus and your gut. And if you don't have a filter, <laughs> it hits you. <laughs> it's going to come right out your mouth and you're going to say something that maybe someone isn't really ready to hear yet. But it feels and then you lose all say, your friends and family. Right. <laughs> and that's why I'm really big on empowering empaths to understand their gifts so that they can use them to their benefit instead of um, 
uh, feel less empowered, more isolated and frustrated with their abilities. So, you know, I want to help it. I want to help empaths use their gifts to benefit. So what's, so what's an example of, uh, like knowing something is the case, for example, that getting juiced, I assume you know what I mean by juiced, right? You know what that means? Yeah. Getting juiced is bad for them. It is a bad life choice. Mm-hmm. and caring about these people and also even being affected if these people get ill, like you'll have to take care of them and all these type of things. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you deal with not blabbing your mouth in that situation? Well, you blab your mouth for a while till you, <laughs> <laughs> until you realize that it's ineffective, right? Yeah. Until you realize it's, it's really not helpful for yourself or for them and you respect and honor their path and you realize they're probably not an empath. They don't have that knowing or sense or feeling of things. They're getting their information from a very one faceted area, which is their mind. I like to think that we get information from our head, our heart, and our gut. And these mm-hmm. non-empath people that make up easily 80% of the population, which is who you're seeing getting juiced, um, they're just they're just getting their info from their head. They really don't have a concept of checking in with their feeling body or their heart. And they really don't trust their gut. If they did, they wouldn't be doing it. And so you can just kind of, I don't like to compartmentalize, but in this case, it's really helpful to do that because otherwise you're going to drain yourself. Um, it's going to be provocative. It's going to escalate into an argument. And it's, it's bottom line, it doesn't serve either, either person. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you love or care about them. So for me, for me, it got to the point where I couldn't, you know, I can't even be around my family. You know, I, I just, I just can't even be around them because it's not even that they ignore me or make fun of me. It's that they actively see me as someone who is trying to do something wrong, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's the empath story. So Callan, you consider yourself an empath. Is there anyone else in your family that you consider an empath as well, or has some empathic tendencies? Uh, that's, it's hard for me to say right now because I haven't interacted with so so many of them for so long. I would, I'm leaning towards no. Yeah. But growing up, did you feel any particular kinship or or strong connection with any of your siblings? It was, it was connection, which was constantly betrayed. And so I never. Yeah. Connection that was constantly betrayed. So that's not an empathic connection. That is. Right. Yeah. So you were, so my sense is you were the only empath in the family. Hence, you're the black sheep of the family. Yeah. And instead so. of, you know, my message is instead of feeling like going into victimhood, feeling like the black sheep, you don't fit in, you're doing something wrong, constantly being shamed and bullied and and blamed and not feeling good enough by our, you know, by our family members. My, my message is to wake up to what an empath is. And we are tremendously multi-complex intellectually as multi-complex intuitive beings who get our information and process information extremely differently than 80% of the population. We're literally wired differently. So the way Mm -hmm. we make decisions is very different from the way other people make decisions. Mm -hmm. As such, since they are, you know, the majority and we are the minority, we have to be really careful not to feel like, um, we're not good enough or that there's something wrong with us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that seems like that 
solving that would largely be, you know, meeting other people who are in the empathic group. But, but I'm curious what you think about the actual voluntary intentional separation of yourself from like family or like people who are close friends. Do you think that that is something that is sometimes necessary? Absolutely. Because I mean, in your experience, can you connect with them anymore? No, I mean, basically, it's completely fruitless. There's simply the obligation at that point. You know, it's like, oh, society says you're supposed to hang out with these people. (laughs) Exactly. And exactly. So I've had family members and children and friends all participate in this grand um, scheme. Mm -hmm. It's been very painful. And it's it's been a long process of, of letting go and really having to understand they have their own process. And until and unless they reach out, there's really nothing I can do for them other than to really take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Me. You can really only help those who reach out. Otherwise, you're just spinning your wheels and wasting your time. Yeah, totally. And have to have really strong boundaries. That's that's one of their biggest lessons. And that's why narcissists tend to come into their life to help them with those boundaries. And not only to help them with their boundaries, but to rebuild their self-esteem and, and to help them fall in love with who they are. Because we're empaths are really incredible, unique, special beings here on this planet. That's a rough lesson to learn, though. You know, having to go through a, a relationship, and many of these are long, decades-long relationships with children involved. You know, it that's usually traumatic. With, it, it usually starts with the parent or both parents in some cases. And then, of course, we're imprinted at a young age to be comfortable with that type of narcissistic abuse. And so we go on to manifest relationships in our lives that feel comfortable subconsciously until we wake up and say no more and we begin Mm -hmm. to value who we really are and understand what an empath really means and that it's not um, this horrible thing that the narcissists try to make it out to be. It's actually this incredible gift that Mm -hmm. we all have who are empaths. Now you could be a narcissist by the way and have somewhat empathic sensitive and intuitive abilities, which is why empaths have a hard time discerning narcissist, but they mm-hmm. don't have to the depth um, that we do. Well, since it's, I would say a probably a decent proportion of the people listening are empaths. And also since a large number of those people tend to fall into at least have one big traumatic narcissistic yeah. partner in their life. Um, and maybe in it right now, what are just some signs that people can look for to know, to know if that's the case? Yeah, the, the, you know, the first two red flags I always say is, is your partner able to say I'm sorry? And are they able to take responsibility for their actions? And are you able to bring closure to whatever conflict you might be having? Mm. So looking for those three things right there are huge. And also, you know, if you're an empath and you think you might be in a relationship with a narcissist, look up the term gaslighting. Really important to understand what that term means, what it looks like, what it feels like, and to see if you're being gaslighted. If you're being gaslighted by your partner, it's, you, you need to get out. Basically. So I'm curious, like I've heard various definitions of gaslighting. What would you call it? I knew you were going to ask me that, and I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> Here's, I'll give you an example because that's how I learn. I learn best from examples versus okay. definitions. And sometimes a common of both. Um, it's when, say, you and your partner are having a conflict and you're really clear about 
how you feel and what's going on. And, and you go in to have a meeting and sit down and talk with your partner and you present your situation and your stance of what's going on. And this is a conversation that technically should take, you know, 15 minutes to bring closure to. And you find it turning into an hour conversation and having to explain yourself and getting really quiet and realizing this person really doesn't understand what you're talking about. Although they say they do, their actions mm -hmm. aren't acting like they are. Does that have, is that? Do that, that, like so that my, my, that feels like, yeah, it feels like kind of a framework for how it would gaslighting would be occurring, but that inside of that is basically the message you're receiving from them, which is that you're crazy. Exactly. You're crazy. What you're saying doesn't make any sense. Uh -huh. you're, nuts. you're illogical. Um, and so you go in completely knowing and you know you're logical and you understand everything and you leave feeling completely disempowered, confused, scattered, and just unsure of yourself. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. It's classic. So, you know, um, a lot of, I, I, I'm thinking um, sports, when you grow up playing sports, a lot of the, the sports coaches would kind of gaslight you and a lot of people in authority figures, especially in the court system will gaslight you. Um, mm hmm because a lot of them tend to be narcissist or gotcha. yeah. Um, yeah. So there are a lot of downsides to being an empath, but <laughs> uh, I would be interested to hear what you think. Cause I know you talk a lot about people using their empathic gifts to like have a career and this type of stuff. So what are the, what are the benefits like in your own life or the other empaths that you work with of being empathic and embracing that? Mm -hmm. So, you know, as an empath, we're always uh, really highly sensitive to the energy of people, places, and things around us, right? People who we don't even know and strangers are constantly coming up to us and just sharing their entire story, right? And we sit there and we listen and we listen and we enjoy it oftentimes. And it doesn't feel bad, but after a while it gets a little draining, gets a little too much. You don't want to go to parties. You don't want to go to social events because you feel these people are just going to feel so comfortable with you that they're going to want to share everything with you. And you end up coaching them and counseling them and helping them out, whether it's overt or covert, whether you're actually giving them action steps to take or whether you're just literally sitting there running their energy for them and clearing it as they're talking to you, right? And mm -hmm. so the benefits of turning your gifts into a business are that instead of going into a situation and just giving your gifts away, you're honoring yourself by identifying them, by giving them a label and getting paid for them. Right? Nice. Mm -hmm. So it's really that simple. I spent my life doing this. I mean, everywhere I went, everyone talked to me. Everyone told their story. I would give them psychic readings right and left. They'd call me. Do you remember when you said blah, blah, blah? I'm like, no. I never got paid for any of it till I got tired of it. Mm -hmm. And I got tired of feeling like, poor me. I have these gifts. I don't know what to do with them. And then I finally mustered up the confidence to um, start using them and start getting paid for them. Oh, how joyful. What a joyful experience that is for both ends. Mm -hmm. For both. Yep. You know, the, the, the energy exchange is, is equal. It's not yep. lopsided anymore. We're owning our self-confidence. We're rebuilding our self-confidence through doing this. And we're offering them a service that they really need. And they're paying for it, you know. And if you don't have any skin in the game, you're not as inclined to commit or really follow through with what that person is saying. That was the other piece, too. I get really frustrated 
I would say the exact same thing they paid a psychic big bucks for and they come back and tell me, oh, you said the same thing as the psychic who said said such and such. And I would be beside myself going, well, I just told you the same thing and they got paid and I didn't. So it just kind yeah. of got to that point. So now I have the Business Academy for Empaths where I help them identify their gifts, cultivate their gifts, and then put them into a website and a business plan, creating packages and services and all the issues that come up around receiving, you know, and pests have a really difficult time receiving energy and money and money is energy. And sometimes, you know, this is the theory that I've come up with. Um, and pests get overstimulated pretty easily in their day-to-day lives. And even having money coming in while it's joyful and wonderful, it's another form of energy, which can be overstimulating for some, depending on how much it is and what's going on. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yep, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's it's not just the money energetically coming in. It's the energy of the person that they're going to be working with that's coming in, and they have to be in a space. They have to have space to um, coach that person. So, you know, in in the chiropractic world, they talk about rack and stack them, how they just kind of get them in and out doing chiropractic. Um, with empaths, we have to really manage our energy really well. So that mm-hmm. And be busier or have the time to honor the need for downtime in between services and coaching programs and healing services. Yep. Yeah, I totally get that. It's totally important to, like, when you are an empath, it's just a thing that people come, they just come, they come and talk to you and they instantly feel comfortable with you and they tell you things that you can't believe. They probably haven't told their own mother or wife or whatever these things. And, you know, you just met this person like three minutes ago. And, yeah, that it feels it feels good that people find you useful. But at a certain point, it is draining. And, you know, you are giving people these a, ben- a, a very significant uh, benefit, a, a service. And it makes sense to have an equal energy exchange in that and to be really clear and explicit about that. And that's something that I have difficulty with in my own coaching practice. I feel like I've kind of come to an equal, like I kind of do this donation thing, but you, you know, you have to donate something at least, you know, there has to be some sort of exchange going on here and that's really important. So, and so you have your business basically a way for people to start making money as empaths. Um, but, you know, that's not what we did. Like, we just did uh, general coaching sessions, and that was, you know, and we didn't even follow any sort of plan or track or anything like that. And that was really good for me. Is that something that you also do? Yeah, I, I, I love to do life coaching. I just hold space for wherever people are at and coach them on whatever it is that they need to be coached with. I weave together a lot of different processes. Um, and, you know, oftentimes the downloads will come which are very helpful for them as, as you've experienced and um, yeah so I do life coaching I do business coaching for empaths I do a program called wake up empath and mm-hmm. I do Lyme disease and chronic illness coaching as well because my experience with Lyme disease coaching was that until the empath understood who they really were as an empath and until they were able to unpack and heal their familial and ancestral trauma. Um, they used their disease as kind of a, a little safety cocoon or safety net, a place to hang out and hide until I could help them 
um, learn communication skills, grounding skills, centering skills, how to handle narcissists, how to handle energy vampires in their life. And once they got those tools under their belt, and also how, of course, how to handle conflict negotiation skills. Um, once they got those skills under the belt, then we could start working on more of their physical body, and then they started to heal. So I do a variety of programs. I've been doing a lot of spiritual house clearings right now in Boulder. I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm being called in to do some of those. I do those in person, which I love to do, and I do those nice. as well. So I can tune into your home, your land, and space. I can tell you what's going on. And I don't just tell you what's going on. I give you feng shui solutions as well, very practical things to do in your house to keep your space as clean as possible. We get into some of the ley lines and energetics that might be affecting your home or the land or even the community that's kind of near you that you're living in. So I I kind of run the gamut here. Um, yeah, very cool. So there's definitely more ways to make a living than just coaching people if you're an empath you know you're she's basically like a land surveyor uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> that's I cool it's so much fun I, I haven't done it in a while and then i started getting calls and um you know i get to to step into a role that i haven't stepped into in a while and i get to bring different tools and my my drums and my chimes and my chants and so i mm-hmm. enjoy that and i've been as i've been at the the rock show in Denver, picking up some nice pieces as well. So stay tuned for that on my website, Kellen, because I know Kellen helps me out with my website. Uh-huh. I want to um, let everyone know that who doesn't already know that if you need anyone to um, help out with your site, he's been fantastic. And I'm going to be taking a lot of pictures and sending them to you. So we're going to be busy this fall. Just <laughs> up. I'll be selling cool. crystals and um, not just crystals, but, you know, really important tools to ground, to clear, to help speak your truth. Um, really excited to show everyone what I have and what's available to use in their Sounds sweet. Yeah. And, and so that's your website, LaylaSun.com. Yep, that's L-E-I-L-A, and, and it's S-U-N, just in case. <laughs> yep, cool. Yeah, it's a, I think, you know, I didn't design that exact website. Uh, I basically just uh, updated and maintained it. But I think it's a really beautiful website. So, um, yeah, I, I recommend people check it out. There's You post videos, you know, or basically podcasts every once in a while. You, know, you have made some in the past, but I think you are also planning on perhaps starting a more regular podcast. How are you I feeling am. about that? So, yeah, I will be starting the podcast coming up. You're going to be helping with that and my store. Um, yeah, so in the next coming weeks, um, things should be rolling. Great. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah. I really wanted to talk about, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know where we are with time, but uh, I, I guess what I really want to say is, you know, during these times that we're heading into in the next month to six months to two years, if you're an empath in the world, you know, so important right now for you to get really empowered to know how to ground to know how to center to practice meditation to become mindful to know how to set boundaries with energy vampires to cleanse your energy field right yeah unhook from the collective field to really know how to manage and care for your nervous system is absolutely fundamental for you right now with these times coming up especially if you have family if you and if you have kids around you or if you have any unhealthy relationships around you super important to 
know how to do all of these things or, or you're going to really flounder. If you think you're floundering now, um, time to really up your game. Yeah, I hear you. And I think there's going to be great benefit to being an empath in the next couple of years, like survival benefit even. And, but, you know, that's only, for me, it's only because I feel like I have sort of come to peace with all of this stuff and I know how to protect myself. So if, if those of you who don't yet know how to do that, you know, it's not too hard to learn it, but it is important. So, yeah, I echo you. Yeah, you've come a long way in your empath journey. You've really honored and embraced it in a beautiful, beautiful way, Ken. And I just want to witness for you and say, um, your growth has been stupendous. You've really honored your intuitive knowing. You've really moved forward and followed and trusted doing what you know you needed to do to make you happy and, and to follow your own path. And look where it's gotten you. I mean, super impressive. Yep. And, and I, I honestly can say that I, I was thinking about this earlier today. I was just like, re-going re, re through like our journey together in my mind. I'm like, wow, you know, if that, if she hadn't come around, I don't know if I would have ever got out of this trap that I was in. And so, you know, I am incredibly grateful to you for uh, being a part of that. I'm honored and it's a privilege and it's my passion and it's what I love doing. So, and it just warms my heart to hear you say that. Thank you, Callan. I have chills. I always, <laughs> it's so nice to hear and I'm so glad yeah. we're doing this. This is beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And thank you as well. So. All right. Uh, so check her out at LaylaSun.com and I hope that we get the chance to do this again soon, Layla. Yeah, I would love to. Let's, let's definitely talk about it. Absolutely. Namaste, right. everybody. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Yeah. Manage your nervousness. Take care. Take care of yourself well. Blessings. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.